Hey everyone and welcome to But That's Just My Opinion, the podcast hosted by me, Matt Lantrip. And me, Dave Navarro. Where we interview anyone about any opinion they have on any topic of their choice. So this week we got one of David's good friends, Alex. Alex, uh, I don't know if I'd call him a good friend. I know him. All right, well, someone David knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Alex is a good friend of mine. Uh, Alex McBroom, a handsome gentleman um, who plays D&D with me sometime. Uh, great guy. Also, we got really drunk together last night. Uh, yeah, solid dude. Really solid guy. I think he's very intelligent, and I enjoy having conversations with him all the time. Yeah. And I, and this was great. I We were literally we're sitting across from each other, um, and I was talking. we were talking about the podcast. We're uh, essentially, so just to clarify for today... We're sent, we're, Alex thinks Dark Knight Returns from Frank Miller is like a good libertarian comic, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it uh, shows it shows like liberty, lots of libertarian values. Yeah, we're we're sitting there yesterday and uh and the phrase he used initially was that that it's a libertarian masterpiece. Which immediately was like, oh, that's going to be a perfect episode. Matt loves Batman. Uh, we've had Batman episodes before. This is going to be fantastic. We have to do this. Uh, so I immediately was like, hey, you want to be on tomorrow? Let's just let's just go. Let's just do it. And then, yeah, I mean, that was like 2 a.m. And then I had to wake up at 9. And I couldn't believe that he was awake as well. But we got here to do it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, commitments. Yeah, no, I mean, we had a, it was a really good conversation. So, I mean, it turned out it wasn't so much that it was a libertarian masterpiece. It's libertarian and a masterpiece mm-hmm. for two completely. And those things are not entirely connected. I disagree. I think they are. I think that you can't have a masterpiece without having a strong... Uh, stance one way or the other on some topic. Oh, I completely agree on that. I mean, so I think like, its libertarian agenda might help us qualify it as a masterpiece. Okay, I could see that. Okay, I can definitely. <laughs> Let's see jump it. into the episode. All right, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I think that. I mean, we don't want to spoil the rest of it, right. so yeah. cut away. All right, here we go. I'm Mexican. <laughs> this it is happens. just the color I am. You've and been with not, me for a year, and the funny, you're not even close to like regular hispanic tan oh no i'm not even like a dark i'm a light-skinned mexican no you look like a tannish white person right now except for the black hair the mustache and no even that girls. could just be like i thought like, you were whatever. greek the first time i saw you yeah i get greek now and again italian yeah i, used I could to get. see that I israeli what's funny is is whatever Ooh, israeli definitely whatever the person is they tend to just attribute me too except for black people no black person thinks i'm a black person well but, like, obviously middle yeah. easterns <laughs> think i'm middle eastern uh armenians think i'm armenians mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Armenian. It's 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 brilliant. You I should actually, consider being placed in a commercial that needs vaguely ethnic people. I should. I should start acting and start going on commercials. But yeah. what was funny is I once uh, at Bricks had this very wonderful Armenian family. It was like mother, father, and this beautiful daughter. And the daughter was probably our age. And this was like three years ago. And uh, like the, I'm doing my you know, my normal Bricks charm of being like, hey, like welcome. How are you guys doing today? Like, hey, like I'm really glad. A lot you guys of hand here. movements. Yeah, because I'm Italian. <laughs> Um, so like I'm talking to, to this family and like, I'm like talking to the mom about like what she's ordering and like trying to give her suggestions, like how, you know, trying to narrow down what she wants. Um, and we're talking for a minute and then like afterwards, like I check on their table. I try to check on every table. And so like, you know, I'm doing my job essentially mm-hmm. and I'm getting like a good vibe from this family. And so like, I'm feeling good about like, talking to them. And so I'm like giving them a little bit more of the extra, you know? You know, showing them the dick, that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, but like, I'm giving them a little bit of the extra. And yeah. then, uh, like, as they're leaving, she pulls me aside and she was like, you're Armenian, right? And I was like, oh, no. Like, a lot of people think I'm Armenian. And she was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, 
my daughter thought you were very handsome, and I was like, "Oh, okay, for sure." Like, like you're trying she, to hook me up with your daughter. The mom was like, "I'm, I'm ready yeah. to make this work." Like, yeah, <laughs> you like, gave me good food. You could be my son-in-law. Here's here's my daughter's number that I'm gonna, I'm wingmanning my daughter. Um, well, that's really nice of the mom. Oh yeah, super sweet of the mother, but also just like I thought it was hilarious. That but I like the fact that as soon as she found out you're Armenian, you're yeah. not Armenian. It was like, oh, this is a no go. Yeah, like, well, that's just like super. I probably sank a little bit. It was just like, oh man, he's not a nice Armenian boy. I cannot, I cannot allow my daughter to to be with such filth. <laughs> I should have been like, I'm Jewish actually. I'm like, oh, I should have said I'm Turkish. No Turkish. Like, that that would have that would have ruined. Actually, I'm the Turkish, day. and then she was just like, <gasps> <laughs> doesn't matter because oh, yeah. let's introduce our guest. So this is Alex. Uh, Dave, I don't know your last name. I'm sorry. Mick McBroom. McBroom. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All righty then. <laughs> One of those names was, that people was, have. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to make up a joke about it, but then I just spaced because I was like, that in itself is semi a joke. Uh, <laughs> are you calling? Are you calling his last name? A jo- last week we had a girl named Pancake on. Yeah, but I know and, her a lot better. Okay. All right. All right. So you just insult people's last name who you don't know? Yeah. All right. Pretty much. I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) No, just like McBroom. It sounds like you should be sweeping up at McDonald's or something. Yeah. Oh, that is actually a good joke. I never thought of that. <laughs> that's, do you think that they, that's what they call the brooms at McDonald's? The McBroom? <laughs> Can and you this get the McDuster, the McBroom? We just ordered a new McSweeping. special version of the McBroom. It's very, very handy around. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten that. You know, MC Hammer. I'm the okay. MC Broom. <laughs> oh, MC, I like that's that. I haven't one. thought of okay. that. Yeah, nice. see, that was the joke I was trying to make earlier, but I couldn't form it because yeah. I was just so thrown off so by like... <laughs> How just like wow, this seems like too easy of a target. Right. Well, well hold, let's address that in a moment. But how? When did you hear the MC Broom joke? How old are you when that joke came around? Um, probably like seventh grade. Okay, so you're less creative, Matt, than a twelve year old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, just I just wanted to make that. Why do you think clear. I have other people on this podcast? I guess it's a good point. Well, <laughs> I, okay, so I had this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to get. Just let's me. just get into the interview. Okay. Uh, so Alex is here today talking about a uh, one of the most influential uh, graphic novels probably ever written, created, published, whatever. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and he has a unique stance on it. And why don't you go ahead and explain that stance? Yeah, um, The Dark Knight Returns and Frank Miller in his writing is uh, pretty libertarian when it comes to just the ideals of like taking up arms where the slack is left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, in terms of The Dark Knight Returns, it's kind of this older Batman who's given up a little bit. But it gets to the point where, you know, the outlaws, the mafia, they have become so colluded with the government that kind of like battling crony capitalism Mm -hmm. and i mean libertarians don't advise going around the law to get things done right that's not something that they promote but they just promote getting rid of all the laws (laughs) getting rid of a lot of the laws especially when there's like a need like a vacuum that needs filled of a hero who has to step back in yeah would you consider yourself a libertarian yeah um sort of I'm like a progressive that just really likes market capitalism. Oh, that's new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing that's, I think anyone has ever said before until now. It, it sounds like an oxymoron, but... Well, well, uh, I mean, without getting too into politics, yeah, I, I mean, that's... Yeah. By pro- okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you're cutting me off. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's definitely interesting. And for anyone who doesn't know The Dark Knight, we talked about it on the Batman episode with Kirk. 
Um, this is pretty much the reason we have the Batman we have now. He was kind of they they had more um, dark pieces with Batman, but not never this dark before. And then until and it takes place in the future. Bruce Wayne hasn't been Batman for like ten years. He's older now. He and then crime's just starting to kind of run rampant again. And so he and finally his psyche breaks and he comes back out of retirement to be Batman again, causing you know Dark Knight Returns. And it's all about how pretty much he's tired of watching. He thought he left it in a good place where everyone could start to take care of themselves, but he's realizing no one wanted to take care of themselves, mm-hmm. and they're just letting everything go, and no one cares. And it's it was always the same, and it was never going to change whether yeah, it was there. It or was not. stewing underneath, and it just got to a boiling point. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, t- trying to tie it back a little bit to the libertarian aspects of it. Um, you kind of see these interviews where these psychologists who kind of, you know, they've, they've diagnosed the Joker correctly. Now they now know how to treat his psychosis because of these new techniques and they have all these very fancy words and it kind of, you know, throws me, um, or it gives me ideas of like, when you hear people talk about like, Oh, well, if you diagnose someone to the point of like, the most minute, you know, uh, what's the DSM like for? Yeah. There's, there's a diagnosis for everything. And so because of that, you can never blame anyone for anything they did. Yeah. Which I, I don't, yeah, that's, that's the weird part about agency come in. Yeah. The DSM for anyone doesn't know is essentially the biggest textbook of diagnosis for psychology. So that, I mean, that's what pretty much all psychologists use to label anyone, anything that they are. Um, so what what I think is definitely interesting, you know, you why because I was just reading some of it this morning before you came over. And you were reading the DSM. No, <laughs> <laughs> Dark Knight like, Returns. Yeah, okay. I do that in my spare time just for fun. Yeah, uh, I was reading Dark Knight Returns before you came over, um, just to kind of refresh because I haven't read it in a while. Hmm. And they, I there was a point where the they they cure Harvey Dent in the beginning. They say they cured Harvey Dent through plastic surgery. And through new advances and treatment, they've got him back to normal. Spoiler alert, five page later, he's back to crime he's already. Like blowing bombs out. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, it just made him more able to fake that he's better, if yeah. anything. Right, because he, he was, was able to tools. put on another face. Exactly. For the TV, basically. Yeah, so he's three face. Well, he's, <laughs> he's completely become the... Uh, the acid side, the bad side. Even though his face is even though his face is completely fixed, he's really they even have a great panel where it's like, I see you for what you are and it cuts to his face and it's all acid, all messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and you can kind of see like these these the scientist is on um the psychologist is on the television and he's like, no, I think it's Batman's fault. Harvey Dent was cured. Batman's the psychotic one. Mm-hmm. He's the person wrongdoing. Harvey Dent never did anything wrong. It was everything surrounding him that caused him to go wrong. So it's a weird, it's, it's a like weird this victimization kind of culture of like, exactly, which this is, is a super criminal, but even though he's a super criminal, I blame the Batman. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he had these tendencies, but he didn't have them originally. He was given them by something else. It's like, that's, this. I mean, it's incredibly relevant today. Yeah. I definitely think so. Because, I mean, you see everyone who's in the news, depending on whatever side you're on, the person was bad or the or they were good and everything around them was bad. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like, 
where do you draw the line of you can you obviously there are there's the psychology aspect and the sociology aspect yeah. and yeah, oftentimes, getting back to agency. Yeah, those oftentimes butt heads. And mm-hmm. what I, at least from, I mean, just in the first book alone that I was able to read this morning, you see this is the, the psychologist talking more about sociology to explain what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Batman's like, nope, it's Harvey Dent. He's just a bad guy. This is all he is is bad. Yeah. And that's the psychology part of it. So it's like you got these two competing forces trying to diagnose for whatever they feel is right it's not a matter of of like what's actually right which is kind of where like that libertarian aspect comes in of like well, batman isn't the psychology it's gordon that's the psychology part where you say nope dent's always been bad he's always gonna mm-hmm. be bad and then batman's coming in being like i don't care what it is i'm just gonna stop whatever's happening yeah it's more a pragmatic approach yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's an interesting philosophical concept in there, too, about the concept of is Dent inherently evil and is man inherently evil, or are we caused to go to evil because of our society? Well, I mean, they did a really, really good job in the Dark Knight movie with talking about Dent's you know, psychology breakdown and basically just turning into Two-Face. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's definitely a great aspect because a lot of uh, Dark Knight Returns has been used in the over the past few uh the Nolan movies. The Nolan movies and a little bit into the uh uh the new Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Right, but swinging back to to Dent in Dark Knight Rises is it or no, Dark, Dark Knight, Knight the uh, Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Um Dent in the Dark Knight is kind of like uh we talked about this last night Alex, uh not in this podcast, but we were talking about how Spider-Man is kind of the focal point of Civil War. Harvey Dent is kind of the focal point of Right. I mean, like the battle for Gotham is visualized via the battle for Harvey yeah. Dent and the two sides. He's the symbolization of right. like crime taking over or coming to a boiling point where your mind breaks. Right. And that yeah. core philosophical difference between Batman and Joker of people are inherently good versus people are inherently bad. And we see both. Right. I mean, we see that the people, the group think in the boats is inherently good. They're all throw away the, the, detonator. the detonators. Right. So the group think the society is inherently good. When given the the pos- the you know the the choice of being good or evil, however, the man Harvey Dent is inherently evil. Yeah, and that's why he needs to be hidden away exactly. from society so exactly. that they can like grapple with getting right. be- Gotham on track again. But exactly. there's something interesting and in there, even, like how if if Harvey Dent isn't removed from society in the way he is, if he isn't monsterized by having his face burnt in acid, like would the inherent evil of man like have come over him, or would his inherent societal group think good? have carried him through and let him remain good as part of society. Cause he is a societal force for good until the, until, the yeah, until he's removed from society. Yeah. Harvey Dent, two face is one of the few guys who wasn't like either born evil or like had a traumatic experience. Early I don't know. In having your face burnt off is pretty traumatic. I'd say early, early in his life. Yeah. Okay. You know, like he you was have just a good dude. He was a good Gotham. Exactly. And then it, uh, everything, his entire world collapsed around him in a you know in a very very short amount of time causing him to be like well if i do all this good just in an instant it flips and everything goes wrong why am i doing it right and that's it 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 ta- it speaks to the the evil inside exactly the natural and, evil but i think i mean in the batman universe once you go evil it's kind of hard to come back oh, there's yeah. never there's never coming back like even you and know with harvey maybe red hood 
is the only example. Yeah, and Catwoman. Kind of evil, yeah. And Catwoman, but she's not even really evil. No. Yeah, Catwoman is a... I mean, she's kind of a freelancer. Yeah, she's pretty just much. chaotic neutral. <laughs> she's, she's more... She's chaotic yeah. neutral, yeah. Yes. Um, so, I think, you know, in that... Actually... Uh, okay, we're not going <laughs> to... Not, not this Alignment. episode. Yeah. Um, we, uh... Shoot, where I was going... Oh, yeah. So, I mean, but what you see as Harvey Dent is, you know, f- uh, he's back in the public. He's back in this uh, spotlight and he's pretending to be good. You know, it later shows that he he used to have a, diff- a coin that was half not half uh, burnt. Yeah. One side Scratched. was defaced. The yeah. other side wasn't. When he's back doing his crime, both sides of the coin are defaced now. So it's just pure evil now. It's yeah. no uh 50 50 anymore but what you see as soon as the batman comes back out of retirement the joker everyone's like yeah the joker's fine he's not really doing anything anymore he's he's content just sitting in a padded cell smoking cigarettes watching the news because mm-hmm. he doesn't i mean obviously the joker has always needed a batman that's yeah. always been the big thing joker needs batman batman needs joker so when batman went away joker didn't have a purpose anymore as soon as Batman comes back, they cut to the Joker, and you just see he like gets wide eyed yeah. and starts smiling, and instantly, Joker is back. Mm-hmm. So there becomes that kind of psychology of Joker is always evil, no matter what. Joker is always evil. He just waits for the opportunity to be evil. Yeah, you know, and to him, the opportunity right. is only with Batman. Right to to challenge Batman's inherent nature. Exactly, which. In the uh, like, from the psychology standpoint, in the comic book of how these people are trying to see it, I'm sure they'd be like, "No, Batman caused him to break again," and like, Joker yeah. was never evil; it was Batman that turned him that way. But I think from the libertarian standpoint, you know, I I tend to see some things libertarian, but you know, I everything is it's free. everything is a convoluted mess, no matter what side you're on, no yeah. matter where you fall. So trying to always see one thing everything exactly the same is impossible from at least like the libertarian standpoint of the book because i get where you're coming at with the libertarian thing um you know it's very much batman just he sees there needs to be something done so he goes out and does it he doesn't care about the rules and in fact the rules have bent to him yeah he hasn't bent to the rules the rules have this have since bent to him because he was doing it for so long and helping out right the vigilanteism ended up being like a tool for the the state exactly mm-hmm. which in as a libertarian thing it'd be like all right so the greater good overcomes every you know overcomes right. the law overcomes everything else because what's whatever is best for me is best for you is right. best for everyone mm-hmm. the, um, the situation necessitates a, a breach of the law yeah exactly which you know they really don't i mean that's that's always been the biggest thing with batman is the law either going after him or not going after him you know or you know breaking apart as criminals kind of take over the government and get involved and you know (laughs) money laundering and everything oh yeah exactly exactly and so i mean there's always batman's always that one sign of is always that one constant that's never corrupt yeah but what's funny is like batman throughout his life i mean like his real like i mean he, he's a globe trotter but like all he wants is gotham just to be like a functioning city right like that's all he's ever wanted just because you know his parents did so much for the city and then states he, rights yeah <laughs> <laughs> right well we we did discuss this on our on our last batman episode about how to fix gotham we've already we've already dealt with that 
Uh, we can fix Gotham. We bomb it. Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so Ra's al Ghul was right. Uh, yeah, so you fill Ra's al Ghul's justice. No, no, no. There was, there was an actual argument that we had about, like, um, you stop. No more Batman, more Bruce Wayne. Of, like, let oh, Bruce yeah. Wayne financially just rebuild the city and just, like. Like, he has the means. Yeah, he has the means. Let him just do it. Except then there's no great comic book arc where we have to deal with the morality of man. It's just, like, a comic book about a guy setting up foundations. And, and like, getting and enough people to donate. Yeah, yeah. And like, like putting together like dinners. Like cocktail parties. And like night. going to the inner city and like providing for the youth and like starting after school programs and like really starting at the root of it. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. that, that would be, I mean, hey, I would read that comic book, but I definitely wouldn't read it like if it was called Batman. It just sounds like a charity. Center. It just sounds like a charity <laughs> manifesto. Yeah. The, the Bruce Wayne charity plan manifesto. for getting Gotham on track. A Batman story. <laughs> <laughs> There's like boardroom meetings and like him going over logistics. Yeah, exactly. But I yeah. mean, even but even in that sense of what you know of us talking about how to fix Gotham, that's kind of, that's a very libertarian approach to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the government's not going to do anything. The cops aren't going to do anything. Yeah, have these private citizens with the means come in and try to do better and fix for their you know fix their city right. it's like that's why you have nonprofits. that's why you have churches that right. do this type yeah. of stuff you know it's that very the government it's a you know it's a very it's a big idea of small government and letting the um letting the private citizens do what they want and fix it as they see fit. yeah it's like sometimes the government is overburdened with regulation and can't get to the places they need to get but the local charities that are set up by super rich people exactly which doesn't always happen i mean there's super rich douchebags all over the world i mean and there are awareness programs and awareness programs are all bullshit they're all charity programs that just like siphon money out of oh yeah well once a charity program becomes big enough it's just a corporation yeah i mean have you heard of breast cancer (laughs) i haven't you haven't there's this whole program about breast cancer awareness they still rake in millions of dollars to make us aware yeah, dude, so little of that money goes to oh, any yeah. sort Susan, of cancer research. Like if there's anything, yeah. Yeah. Anyone, donations. if we can break anyone's shell, I guess, on this, it's uh, go actually research Susan G. Komen and donate to any other breast cancer charity. <laughs> Literally any Literally other, other one. Also, just never donate to an awareness charity. It's the most, it's so stupid. It's like, hey, I made you aware of this thing. Now give me money. So obviously we've kind of talked about Batman's vigilanteism, but what do you see? I mean... In my opinion, Frank Miller is just that kind of guy. Like he doesn't see himself as libertarian, progressive, conservative, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. He just kind of sees him guy. He sees himself as a guy who's just like f the system. I'm gonna sit in the back and do what I want. And when you try to come bug me, I'm just gonna tell you to go away. Yeah. Cool kid on the back of the bus. Yeah, pretty that much. Kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean just, that's also like the sentiment of don't tread on me. Just like let me do my shit. Yeah, right. Um, totally. Yeah, but. I don't know. I mean, definitely when he wrote The Dark Knight Returns, it was just violent as all hell. And <laughs> he took Sin City and put it into a Batman comic. Yeah. It it was the darkest comic people had seen because it was just getting out of the Silver Age and people were like, okay, this is just over the top fantastical, like Superman flying across the universe in a second. I actually don't know too much Batman that was happening in the Silver Age. But um, I mean, it it it's not it's never it was never as dark until Frank Miller. Yeah. Frank Miller reinvented the entire character with an older, more grizzled version, mm-hmm. and then everyone took that back into the younger version, but made him a little less like 
I hate everyone and took that angst and put it into like the city needs me, mm-hmm. which is very much what you see in all the Nolan universes now. I think, I think angst is probably the wrong uh, crotchety is what you're thinking. crotchety. <laughs> no, because he's not. No, that's the crotchety is the old man, the old man. in yeah. Dark Knight Returns. I'm talking about like the current day and like everything after when oh, okay. he's like 30. Yeah, now he's angsty. But yeah, they, they that's take, what I'm they, saying. They took like, the crotchety and they made, they made it angsty. angsty. Right. Yeah. But one of the coolest things not necessarily libertarian involved about the dark Knight returns is, you know, comic books are built on the idea that for some reason they are immortal. Um, people don't age. And then Frank Miller was like, no, this, this is like 10 years in the future. Batman right. has like a big beard. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah he's like 60 now he's been doing it. He, you know, he was doing it up until he was like late forties, early fifties and just got too old. And now he's just like, uh, gonna I just, I'm just tired. And that's that's what I hated so much about Dark Knight Rises, the movie. They just glossed over the fact that, like, they should have had a better scene where his psyche broke and he needed to become Batman again. And it just looked like, oh, he has a cane. Now yeah. he's buff again. Exactly. Like, it, it, was, just, it was such a quick, like, three-minute montage of, like, I'm going to be Batman. Right. Well, that's the thing. I never... I don't think he ever... Well, that's that's not what that movie was about, unfortunately. No. In, which is yeah. the movie that we all deserve to get. I just wanted to see it because of the comic right. book. Yeah. And also, at the end of The Dark Knight, you know, uh, Alfred burns the letter saying, you can either be Batman or you be Bruce Wayne, but he knew Batman was more important to mm. Bruce than Bruce Wayne was, so he burns that, right? Yeah. Because at the time, Batman... If Batman had seen that, then we would have had the psychological breakdown where he only becomes Bruce Wayne to later become that. But we never got that him only becoming Bruce Wayne. He's always been Batman. We're mm-hmm. talking about the third one, right? Second and second. Third. Second. Because he's retired the by third. the time we start the second one? No, no, no. I no, mean, no, the no. end of the second one, we retires and then comes back in the third he one. Doesn't, that's the thing. He doesn't really retire. That's what I'm right. saying. They he just, they just left. The they left out retirement. Right. Yeah. The third one is where he's retired. You enter the movie and he's just sitting at home right but we can all kind of agree that the third one's not great i mean it's okay but like didn't that's really like it at all in so so maybe like the reason is is in the second movie we have this like really strong philosophical concept about like and about joker and about like his idea of gotham versus batman's view of gotham and then in the third one we never got that because we never got the retirement process so we never got the returning because of the necessity so like mm. what is the third one even really about like the second one we can talk about is super about all these different concepts. What yeah. was the third one about? The, it it was just it was used really to tie know. in the narrative that started it of Ra's al Ghul and then having Bane as a cool villain. Yeah, hmm. and yeah. then he died so simply. Oh, the the worst way. The Catwoman on Catwoman a on a bike killed Bane. Like oh yeah, with the shotgun. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, on the, the bike. The the bat bike gun. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Now. It's the bat, <laughs> the bat bike, bike gun. gun. <laughs> So I'm pretty what, sure that's, that's what, what Adam called. West would have called. Yeah, it. <laughs> he would have called it the Bat Bike Gun. So I think with Rise, what you kind of see is this destruction of everything, right? Is this, which is funny because in the libertarian sense, well, it turns uh, into like a military state. Yeah, de- well, that's not even so much a military state. It literally is, is that the, the movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the Dark Knight Rises, you see the destruction of government. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't even call it a military state because yeah, everyone's just—it's a complete anarchy state. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the you see the destruction of government where Gotham is now isolated from the rest of the entire world, and everyone is out there kind of doing whatever they want. Right, everyone's out there; they're looting, robbing. The police are trying to band together, and so 
it's kind of this idea that yeah you need you know you need some order you need some higher mm-hmm. power and that's what they were trying that you know that's whole that's Bane's and Roz's thing is like you've allowed yourself to be corrupt and to you put into power all these people who are corrupt and are only and out you don't them deserve some, exactly. the city back the city will die ex- because ex- you've let it die exactly yeah. and so I think the whole point of that was to show that. And even when you take that power away, people are still just going to do all the corrupt and evil things that right, they said they were going to do. Being like the the judge for that whole yeah right yeah exactly the like they've set and up it's some like a Roman like yay or yeah, nay. It just becomes like very brutal and like draconic. Like it's 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 raw. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. So it's like you see that it kind of takes that like libertarian approach that. You know the dark that Batman begins in Dark Knight had of like you know sometimes you have to skirt the law and mm. do what's good for you know I'm not the city the hero needs but the one it deserves right yeah you know that, that, I mean in every Nolan movie and comic book in the end you find out that the majority of the citizens of Gotham are inherently good they're not bad people yeah. right but then this takes this takes well again that, dark, that's but the societal thing that yeah we talked about earlier. But that's also because they're under somewhat, no, I don't want to say they're under control, but they have a government in place. They have a system of checks and balances. Mm. So it's like, oh, yeah, I do good. Good things happen. I do bad. I go to jail. Something bad happens, right? Yeah, I mean, even and, Gordon did did a little bit of evil. Uh, yeah, he skirted the law to get things done. Yeah, I mean, again, and, and, that's, and that's in the sense of, doing you know like batman with that whole surveillance thing and then having lucius fox blow it up at the end of the dark this is too powerful exactly exactly and so like they have that idea of sometimes you need that power and sometimes you got to skirt that power Mm. and it's it's a very give and take and then at and dark knight rises is just like is saying is showing like the other two showed what like happens when you have too much power and then dark knight rises is like the complete wiping out of that power and showing how everyone just is is kind of inherently evil at that point like there are the people just trying to keep their family safe and watch out for them but everyone else is out looting and writing the city's just getting blown up you know everyone's just destroying the city and they're like they're like oh everyone in a mansion is rich and corrupt and like they're Mm. the evil people and it's like that's not necessarily the case you know like (laughs) They're yeah. also the people giving uh-huh. you the job you had before the city yeah. went to hell. Like, <laughs> and I mean, it is like an anarchist state, but it's also still under the control of like Bane's men and the Ra's al Ghul oh, yeah, armies. But, but yeah. I mean, that's the thing. To think any anarchist state is not under some form of pseudo oh, ruler, yeah. it's it's right. a utopia. I mean, it was basically it's basically like Somalia. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like well, everyone we saw that in Triple X, the first one. Yeah. There's a whole like that's the whole point of Triple X was that the, he infiltrates like an anarchist state. Oh, I can't, it's I like it's I, been so long. I oh my god, I haven't seen it like forever, but I still remember. Years. Okay, so there's this whole element of anarchy in Triple X of like he infiltrates like this group. Remember, so like he like joins up with everybody like as a double agent. Essentially, this is the Vin Diesel one, right? Yeah, the this first is one. The, yeah. yeah. So the he, best one. he joins up <laughs> yeah. with with all these people as Xander Cruz to like Xander Cage. Xander Cage, excuse me, to like basically just be an anarchist with all these people and like there's this like rogue anarchist group that lives in this castle and like that's who he infiltrates it's a whole movie Mm -hmm. and then like but they have this like pseudo leadership where it's just like the anarchy state like has and that's why they're they're gonna run those uh those wmds in the middle of like the city 
is to like nuke out this city and kill everybody to send them into an anarchist state as well. Yeah, yeah that whole movie's about anarchy. <laughs> Welcome to the real movie of Triple X. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch it. Poorly done. Uh, uh, hey, whoa, what? No, Triple X mean, is fantastic. No, the movie's good, but I don't think that that plot really that comes through across. Uh, very you just well. need to rewatch it as an adult. Uh, maybe that's it. true. Very subtle. But I mean, I think that I mean, I guess you could say that about any movie, really. Whether you know, I think that idea of personal responsibility and stuff like that that definitely comes into play in Batman, and mm. that's definitely true in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. That it's, the idea of personal responsibility, I think, has always been Batman's biggest thing. It's always like yeah. you're the one causing pain for everyone else, so I'm going to stop you. I'm not going to go and fix your surroundings and hope you become a better person. Yeah. It's you are the problem, so I'm going to take care of you. It's and I mean it, that's the problem with an anarchist utopia is because you hope that everyone takes on you know a job and does work and does good for their family, but that's never going to happen. No, never. Yeah. And that's why, you know, and and when you come in and you have too much power, everyone just relies on that power. So it's like you can, if you take away the power, no one has any personal responsibility. If you give too much power, no one has personal responsibility because yeah. they don't also feel like have, they have to do anything. But then also you have the matter of corruption yeah. where everyone's trying to get a piece of that power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that... I think that's always happening when you have the more extremes, right? When you have right. too much or too little. If you're like that libertarian sense of like, right, and you know, just kind of have it like, here's some laws to keep zone. everyone checks and balance. And then you, you know, and then you go and and everyone just kind of like, when you have checks and balances to be like, hey, if you do something bad, we're going to get you. But anything good you want to do, go and do it. We're yeah. not going to stop you from doing good. Smoke all right. that weed, you know. Do yeah, like do like if you whatever you're doing in the privacy of your own home, as long as it's not harming anyone else. Yeah, like that's that's kind of the message of like what Batman is. Like if you're gonna do something, don't harm other people, right? And I think that's kind of where it becomes, and it's also the personal responsibility of that. He's not like obviously he wants to clean up the city and get rid of the scum, so he knows go to the people at the top and try to fight it. You know, fight mm-hmm. corruption top down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, because it's like, yeah, the people at the spot, top are personally responsible. It's not the taking down banks and the culture that surrounds it. It's like, no, these people were corrupt to begin with and saw a way to gain more power and corruption. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you can go after the guy that's robbing a liquor store. And I mean, he does in between comic books. But you have to go over, go after the judge that lets a lawyer get, you know, right. like, a rapist well, off on some technicality but also clean up the system so that the guy doesn't have to go and rob the liquor store yeah or wouldn't think to go rob the liquor like store wouldn't need to do that because it's not such a poor right state of affairs yeah but he's but also batman doesn't blame that I, at least from everything yeah. i've seen he doesn't blame he doesn't, that on society he blames mm-hmm. it on the, each individual person yeah maybe it's a collective group of persons like it doesn't really matter. He blames it on individuals. He doesn't blame it on... He never blames it on society as do you, a whole. Do you think yeah. that's where Batman is going wrong? Where Batman starts needs to, to take a, a bigger picture approach? Well, I mean... Because that would be the Bruce Wayne fix, right? As Bruce Wayne goes in and starts healing the society as opposed to... Exactly, but to heal, heal the society, you have to take out the people corrupting it. Right, but... When, I mean, haven't we talked about this? Like, Bruce Wayne could probably do more to, to handle... To help with that situation than Batman could. Yeah, like Batman just is pushing this perpetual cycle of. Well, Batman's of, just an erotic guy that likes to dress up as a bat. 
Did you say erotic or neurotic? Neurotic. Okay. <laughs> I was saying erotic. I was thinking. There bat goes nipples. David's mind again, where we all know it goes. <laughs> Clearly, bat nipples. That's kind bat of erotic. Like, oh, that's, um, no, that's Jerry Bert Bruckheimer. That. <laughs> oh, that was Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. Wasn't that Clooney? Yeah, that was Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Clooney bat nipples. Yeah, he was saying Tim Burton. Okay, that was Michael Keaton. Oh, okay. sorry. I mean the social and political stuff in bat. I mean any art or literature, whatever you want to, you know, classify anything that takes a look at society. As to get really general yeah. about it, <laughs> <laughs> things and stuff. Things and uh, things happen. Yeah, and when things happen, people feel. <laughs> When people yeah, feel feel ways. more things happen. <laughs> what I what I tend it's to fun, cycle. What I tend to find funny about all this, you know, you got like these people writing Batman and doing all these things, and you know, kind of writing writing these small stories that show how everyone just needs to be responsible for themselves. They need to take control of their own lives, right? Mm. But then it's like they write these stories and they feel so strongly about these stories and they feel strongly about the message. Then they get into their own personal beliefs, and it's the complete opposite of that. Right, yeah. You know, you got these people like, you know, they talk about corruption and government and Batman and how Batman has to, you know, do things for himself. And it's not the society that are making these villains. These villains are corrupting society. Mm-hmm. And then they go out there and be like, nope, society's the thing yeah, that's like making society. everyone evil. But you just literally wrote. You said people are inherently evil sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, well that's the comic book world and it's like well then you're not writing a good piece of comic books if you're not yeah. reflecting that. right yeah. yeah well i mean we we took to, or when we were discussing this episode we the actual phrase you used is that uh this is a libertarian masterpiece uh, and then <laughs> no. you clarified almost immediately afterwards that it's libertarian and it is a masterpiece yes do you think uh and this this idea of masterpiece i think is really loose a lot of people like call things masterpieces i don't think are masterpieces i mean when you really break down what a masterpiece is it's a masterwork of whatever it is. Um, do you think that part of the reason you feel that it is a masterpiece, I'm not saying that it isn't a masterpiece. I'm saying, mm. do you think that part of the reason it is a masterpiece is because it does have this libertarian message that it is succinct and telling and pushing and and doesn't get clouded by, by outside forces and whatnot? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I like some of the libertarian messages that are in there, um, but it's a masterpiece just of... Um, but you don't think it aids that? It does aid it, yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't focus on that. Um, I mean, oh yeah, I'm not it, saying it's not. It the was backbone. a reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, The Dark Knight Returns is just a wonderful comic because of like the layout of schemes of like using TV reporting and overlaying that with just like the violence and really painting a picture of Gotham that no one had seen in Batman comics of uh-huh. just how gritty it was and colorful with. Turned it into a real Detroit. Yeah. (laughs) Just a horrible place to live. (laughs) Detroit. Yeah. Um, Sorry for anyone in Detroit, I guess. Do we have listeners? Well, they don't have mutant gangs in Detroit yet. They also don't have, like, (laughs) yet. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) The face you are making at me right now. Yeah. I'm trying to, like, figure out Bat. Like, how Bat. Obviously, Batman works in comics because you can write anything you want right mm. but what i think is interesting there's actually the vigilante type people in san diego if you guys have ever oh, seen yeah it. we saw one at your yeah uh, your at the bachelor party. party uh my brother and my brother-in-law like ran into them and didn't they get pictures with them yeah i think they got some photos yeah they got some photos but these guys like 
that actually go yeah. out. Well, they go night. out in like in the gas lamp district specifically, or mainly there because like there's always drunkards getting right. in a fight. And pretty much what they do, they just go out. Like they don't have superpowers. They aren't super rich and stuff, but they just want to make the world Wait, a better place. These people don't have superpowers. I well, do, no, unfortunately, like, there's a handful of cities. Like I've seen a guy, a vigilante in Seattle. I think I've seen one, not personally seen, but I'm um, read about in Seattle, in Detroit, in uh, maybe Denver. But yeah, it's it's where, you know, the relationship between cops and this community has like kind of fallen because of the negative media that's been put on cops and all the shootings that's that have happened over the last couple of years. So this community policing Well, that and, that and just the police not not being part of the community that they're policing. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge issue as well. Or just, have, like, yeah, that's a huge how Ferguson gap. happened. Yeah, well, there are there are cops and, there that are trying to do that. The problem is yeah. they get they even the there may be a smaller number that are trying to do that, but the negative press is causing them to think all cops are not doing that. You know, it's like there are people there. There are people trying to help. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's a there's a point in time where you start fearing the shield. Yeah, yeah, which is honestly like half the time, like what we just saw up in Berkeley, the cops wanted to stop everything that was going on mm-hmm. two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were told from the mayor and the uh, and the sergeant and their sergeant they had to stand down. So wow. they literally disarmed one side, and then the other, and then just let the just let fighting happen in the middle of the street. Well, in their defense, they were handed a lot of Pepsi. <laughs> And that just cooled everybody down at that end. Everyone was just dancing. There was there was smiling. a lot of pictures of people trying to hand Antifa Pepsis, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Well, did you see there was actually a Berkeley cop holding a case of Pepsi? No, what that he was he was picking it up because all the okay. it was trash that he was picking up from all the people like from all the Antifa people coming oh, damn. in. Damn. That's way but I like the idea of like someone brought him a case of Pepsi. And no, the oh, I would take this. No, what they were doing, they were cleaning up the trash that Antifa was leaving. Okay. Yeah, which. But to get back, so, yeah, on point. I know, but that, um, I mean, that's I mean that's a real life case of people trying to have anarchy and how there's that group is not trying to have personal responsibility. They're no, trying to right. do complete group. Everything's okay. It's group think it's they total group think. There is that's what I mean. They're putting masks on. They're just trying to completely shield their identity. And so that way, everything is not a personal responsibility. It's like, oh, I'm a part of a group. I'm a part of something bigger now. Nothing I do has any weight on me. It's like, that's not the case. Yeah. You and know, I, think, and that, I think the good side of that is like, we, when you have these vigilantes coming out, I mean, sometimes they do dress up and that's kind of for the fun of it, but they really know a lot of people in the neighborhood and it's, oh, yeah. it's they're, good, they're a good community police force because they know everyone and no one's going to like fuck with them because it's like dude i know your mother like Mm -hmm. like i've grown up with you and so that's why cops used to walk a beat yeah and that's what we need more nowadays is cops that are literally i mean they don't need to live the life of everyone in the neighborhood but they need to be involved but there are people out there trying to do that yeah no i'm not saying like every cop has that problem but no not every cop has that problem but there are a lot of people that are trying to do that that are cops but they just all they get as soon as they show up is oh, a you, camera in you their get, face and like well, just I mean, yeah, th- well, think about people like, the ready to. Presence. We live in we or you're from Santa Cruz. I live there now, mm-hmm. but I mean, just there we have the sheriffs that I mean are pretty much all agreed upon to be shitheads. Like, I've never met a sheriff in Santa Cruz who I've enjoyed talking to. Like, I haven't really. It's it's like there's a negative community the out there. Like yeah. the sheriffs are pretty rough out there. Like I always mm-hmm. see them like running red lights with the lights on. Like we'll come up to a light stop and then turn the lights on go through the light and then turn the lights off just like skip a red light and shit 
or like block driveways and shit just because they can park there. Like that kind of, you know, attitude sort it it does draw negative attention. And like mm. people don't trust people who have blatantly abused their power like that. Yeah, but do you are you sure that's not just individuals a, a, yeah, yeah certain individuals that you're constantly seeing or do you oh, know yeah. for, I mean, like you can't know for a fact that that's everyone. every cop you're right absolutely i mean like there's got to be it could just be apples. like six specific dudes who are just a-holes right but the six specific a-holes like speak for the community in the I, same way that like if someone in like this apartment complex started like spewing hate speech like all of a sudden it would look bad on the entire apartment you know what i mean like i would hope not because i'm pretty sure everyone and everyone else in the apartment would be like hey Stop. we don't like what you're saying so don't attribute that well, to well, us well, it's like that is, but that's the thing like you automatically assuming that oh that guy in that in building in like you know in apartment 135 uh-huh. is saying this weird crazy thing so that must be the racist apartment complex it's like no just there happens to be one racist in that apartment yeah, complex I mean, probably a bad example but you get what i'm saying like i think the problem with how people or the problem that the police need, really need to get over is that like if you if you grow up or if you're at a job a police job it's a stressful fucking job and you go mm-hmm. grow really close to like everybody you're working with you get like really close with your coworkers right. because you your life to, is on the line every single yeah, day and you have to deal with a bunch of bullshit yeah you could get hurt like every day you go out so that when when like a shooting happens where a cop maybe shot a person of color and uh, it wasn't warranted like they get the evidence but his buddies you know they're like i don't want him to leave like i know what he's going through like mm-hmm. it was an accident he shouldn't have done it but then they hide some of the evidence and it, it kind of gets lost into this bureaucratic like cop mess mm-hmm. And then yeah. it, it's in court for a while because they're just like, okay, you guys are definitely not telling us everything. And the fact of the matter is he might have murdered someone, mm-hmm. just a kid, because he w- was doing a low-level crime or something. There are, yes, there are instances that are abuses of power. But I would say, I mean, if you actually look at the verdict in most of these, there, all the evidence is there, and the cops still get off because it's almost always ruled self-defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there have been times where it's been ruled a bad shoot, mm-hmm. and no one's no one's saying that there aren't bad shoots. You know, no one people that are defend. I I would say most people who defend the cops aren't saying that sometimes stuff goes wrong. Sometimes things just real bad. Yeah, and it shouldn't have happened, and there are consequences to that. Yeah, even you if know, it was... But you blame that cop. You don't blame the whole police department. No, I only yeah. blame the whole police department when they They're kind trying of to use the bureaucracy stuff. that all the evidence has to go through so that the cop gets off. I get you. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And, and, that, just, and that happens with any corporation or government kind of system where you just try to keep it in-house. I mean, look at every politician that's been in the spotlight for the past <laughs> like six years, right? Yeah. You've got so many people that are literally having felonies listed against them and proven on national television. And then they're just out there doing whatever they want. Mm-hmm. We're literally watching it in front of our eyes. Right. And to bring and it back, no one's doing anything. And to bring it back to Batman, I mean, is Batman would Batman. go in there and Hillary would be in prison. That's what, <laughs> that's what would happen if we had Batman. <laughs> would have put Hillary straight into prison. <laughs> I saw your servers. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to make a joke. No, it's okay. All th- I looked at you two, and I realized what I was doing. All three of us were sitting here trying to run more jokes. We're all just like <laughs> cycling through. All right, where's the next one? Where's it going to come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Batman voiced lines in reference. Batman for president is I was, what I'm saying. I was stuck on, yeah. on some variation of swear to me, and so I was like, vote for me. <laughs> like I couldn't figure out how to get there fast enough, and then I was looking at you guys to see if you guys are coming up with anything, and none of us were. I think just Hillary's the easiest target to make jokes no, no, like no, no, that. No. It's solid. Super solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who would be like a make Gotham great again like character? Ooh. Bruce Wayne. No. <laughs> well, I mean, he is like a playboy kind of. He's, he's essentially like, a younger Trump. Yeah. With a Batman streak, <laughs> I guess we'll call it, in a cave. Like, if it comes out that Trump secretly like goes around at night with a cape, just like beating up petty theft and stuff, that would probably make him the most popular president <laughs> ever. In in my head, because of, so of Trump's <laughs> age and like physicality, what I was thinking was him running around in a Batman suit, but like with like his suit and tie, just like a Batman cowl and cape, and like he runs up to like a person, like is like dancing, like he's about to fight, but then the Secret Service comes over and beats them up for him because he's not in shape. Yeah. That was the image that was running through my head when you were describing that. I hope you know. I want that to be true so bad. <laughs> yeah, and like he's just like Adam West running around and like, <laughs> like ah, a robber, and then the Secret Service just beating him in the ground. <laughs> that would be teach you robbers. That would be the best use of power ever. Yeah. Eh, personal police force vigilantism seems a little. People are like. Yeah, Trump really is abusing his power with like executive action. I'm like, yeah, he has the Secret Service just beat up like guys in alleyways all the time. It's but really crime weird. is down. <laughs> well, no DC, one... but <laughs> no one wants to run into Trump at night. <laughs> you guys hear? I heard there's a new Trump running around. <laughs> just to kind of end, I wanted to finish my thought on like the San Diego guys. Yeah. Um. Those guys, pretty much what they do is, like, they just stop bar fights and, like, people, like, just, you know, they see vandalism. They stop vandalism. They stop bar fights. They aren't, you know, they they can't stop robbery so much. They can try to, you know, like, they'll do anything besides getting themselves shot. Yeah. But oftentimes they go there and, you know, like, you know they've got people, like, just beating the hell out of each other. They break it up. They put them in, you know, um twist ties they can essentially do like citizens arrest to stop it they call the police the police come and the police like them like my brother and brother-in-law stopped one of the cops and asked him about they're like yeah man i mean they don't really cause any problem they help us you know when they see something they they help us so there's really no net negative yeah you know to these guys being here it's pretty it's mostly positive it's like yeah sometimes they might be getting in the way but they know now how not to get in the way and they know they're not going to take on an uh, exactly, like a robbery or something big enough where like cop would be like, you shouldn't have like. Exactly, they know it. their limits. Yeah. yeah, it's basically a really cool cosplaying neighborhood watch. Yeah, exactly. Do they put on voices? Probably. I hope so. I don't know there's a whole documentary about them. Oh, really? It's on oh, HBO. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but it's it's pretty cool. Do you think? Do you think we as a nation, uh, with our media and intake being stuff like Batman, um. Do you think that we're we're headed towards a libertarian direction? Um, it's a really vague question, <laughs> an impossible with to answer. With our media, no, um, but I mean, like, hey, like, media is both like where where we talk about things that we don't talk about at home, mm-hmm. right? But also where we're learning about new concepts and like, like, I, I like to think of media as like a uh, well, like 
It's like a it's a it's a looking Trump class. Is, I wouldn't mean? say there's a lot of things Trump are doing that are not libertarian, but I mean he did have the idea, which I don't think is inherently bad because we have such bad bureaucracy in America, of trying to deregulate laws for every law we put in. Because right. if you just keep piling it on, I mean that's why people hated Obamacare because it was just this pile of regulation sitting on top of older right. reg- regulation that we that some we should have just looked at again. It. Or yeah, same with Dodd Frank. Like we should have just yeah. looked at the old regulation and tweaked it as opposed to just this huge Put one more on top of it exactly it's like oh this regulation doesn't work so we'll throw another regulation on top of it but you also have to follow that old oh, regulation yeah. now too and that's that's why everything's skyrocketing that's why like that's why you see places that's why well, you see that, everyone moving to places where there aren't as many regulations yeah, and because everything doesn't cost so much a big mm-hmm. it's not a big threat to democracy but like something that gets in the way of democracy is like if we try to change laws you can't understand any of it unless you have a law degree. Right. Like the legalese gets to a point where you need a professional who's been working for 15 years to even translate to you what is messed up about a law. And then they have to translate that to a child and the child has to translate that to our politicians. And then they write more <laughs> laws. All laws on, are now written in crayon. <laughs> based on what their child was told by a lawyer. I don't know why a child got in there, but No, I get what you're saying. It's a way <laughs> the to chain s- of command is wonky. <laughs> it's but I believe weird. it's a regulation that a child has to be explained at first. <laughs> no, I mean I understand what you're saying. And you know, I'm I'm liking I like the deregulation thing because mm. A, even if stuff doesn't go away, what it does is causes people to actually think about what they're have doing to first. It. It's like right. Maybe no regulations go away, but also, but also none are added. But also, you got to no. let the market take care of these own things. Like, stop. Like, I'm, I am okay. But regulations so, affect how the market works, right? And I'm like, I'm not for like attacking the environment and destroying huge swaths of land, but I'm also not for like everything the EPA stands for. So there's a whole concept of like, we as the people need to come together and be like, okay, so like company A just destroyed you know a huge swath of land with oil. I'm going to vote with my dollar and not use company A and instead go to eco-friendly company B. Like a consumer-based advocate. Exactly. Like You we, mean how the free market was designed to, to work? work? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like the more regulation we throw on top of everything, like, yeah, you're right. Like we start strangling the free market. Yeah. Like it's funny. There was a healthcare debate between um, Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz after the election happened. Yeah, I, I never, never saw it, but yeah, it was really funny. There was a, there was a thing on there that they both agreed on, which was really funny. Um, and I think most people can agree, you know, they're like, people are coming, getting medicines from Canada and other countries because, you know, we just can't, you know, Bernie's like, cause we can't get it here because this country is just stupid and terrible. And I want everyone to have everything for free. Mm-hmm. And then Ted Cruz comes in and is like, well, I agree we shouldn't have all the FDA regulations because it's just nothing but barrier to entry for business. Yeah. Like why right. can't we import cheaper drugs yeah. that or, can actually treat our citizens? Or right. we don't make it so impossible for those drugs to be sold in America. Right. You know, we don't make it impossible for the FDA. You know, I think he said it was like something like 2.5 billion for something to pass through the, it takes that much money for a drug to essentially go through all the regulations it has to to get passed by the FDA over the course of like seven years or something. Yeah, exactly. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. So we're using seven year old medicine essentially. Yeah. Yeah. We're using medicine. That's not up to date because of, because the amount of regulations that are on there. Mm -hmm. And so like, in Batman, if Batman, just to wrap this thing up nicely and neatly, if <laughs> Batman, Batman would kick the FDA in the face. Yeah, probably. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Batman's for a fair and uh, flat tax. An open uh, free market. Thank God <laughs> for Batman. Batman's for Batman, the flat tax we need. <laughs> <laughs> My 14% is bigger than your 14%. <laughs> Sorry, I just... No, flat joke, tax jokes as well. Uh, <laughs> um, that was the one Ted Cruz thing that I was for. I think that was... Uh, uh, I think Rubio proposed tax. that. Didn't Ted Cruz stand for a flat tax, too? Every think, Republican candidate did. I think... Like, what, some version of I it. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, Still for it. Yeah, because... Exactly. It's just like, hey, instead of having to go through every tax day where it's this complicated headache and you got to save every receipt for seven years, no matter what you do, everything's just, all right, that's your taxes. Yeah. You, I made pay, this much you money paid consumption 14%. tax, so thank you for buying stuff, and that's all we're going to charge you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, I mean, like, if Batman, you know, Batman, with if Batman had as many regulations on him, he wouldn't be Batman. Batman would be in, like, a high-visibility orange jacket and an OSHA helmet. Yeah, with a suit with three with supervisors behind him, like, you know, uh, and they'd be like, oh, that handle's not up to regulation. And Alfred would have like, six assistants. And yeah, he'd, like, come out with some new technology, and they'd be like, that hasn't been... The zoning board a- would be like, this cave is very structurally unsound, and exactly. you can't own property all, on it. We have to have <laughs> railings and all these walkways, and... Exactly. Yeah. Where's the wheelchair accessibility, you know... <laughs> Exactly. So, I mean, I think in that Does sense... Does the Batmobile yeah. have a wheelchair ramp? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, yeah. Nope. He doesn't invite do Oracle onto his Batmobile anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's not allowed. Just stay uh, in your your room and talk yeah. to me on the radio. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we got a we got a freight elevator for her, so I guess that's okay, right? Uh, <laughs> are you assuming that she's freight? Is that what you're doing? So you're objectifying it's kind of demeaning. A freight elevator is a big elevator. No, I know what it is, accessible. but we need to give her like a normal elevator. We can't just throw her in with the freight. That's what we have at my work. Like to get from the first floor to the top floor, you have to use a freight elevator if you can't use the stairs. Okay, well, everyone, if everyone's using the elevator, then sure. But if, yeah. does Bruce Wayne have his own elevator where it's a normal elevator? No, he'd use the freight one too. Okay, yeah. I'm okay with this then. <laughs> otherwise, equal rights, man. <laughs> otherwise, equal. otherwise, Bruce Wayne would be insensitive. Oh, yeah. He's super <laughs> to people's <fucked> needs. <laughs> he has a private elevator. This is the bat elevator. Only Batman can, can use it. Well, he it. uses the stairs, but granted, he's got a gauntlet on the stairs to <laughs> test him every time he goes up. So that way, he's mm. always in fighting mode. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Jump so, over fire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like arrows so, shooting out of the so wall. So the freight down. elevator is the safer way. It's the boring Alfred, and tired way. Alfred uses it, too. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've gotten so off topic, but... Yeah, so I mean, thank you for coming on, man. This was a fun yeah, conversation, led to many different things. Um, yeah, I got political and came back to Batman. Got but I don't think, again. but I don't yeah. think political in any bad sense. No, you no. know, it's just I think more and more people are also starting to realize personal responsibility. Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of funny. Everyone, I've seen a lot of people uh, now being like, "Oh, Trump doesn't have that power. He can't do that." And it's like coming from you know certain sides, and now they're like, "Oh." Thanks for waking up to abuse of power. Yeah. <laughs> like this has been happening for 20 years. Yeah. I'm glad you see that now, now because you don't like the president. But hey, guess what? We've been doing that no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think Batman is a good good wake up tool to all that. And maybe there is no libertarian agenda to Batman. We're just like finding it. No, I want to see it there. <laughs> I, think, I, think when it comes to I Frank, see it there. I think when it comes to Frank Miller, there definitely is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. Anything you want to plug? 
Um, if you want anyone to follow you on anything, or I, anything? I'm really not a social media presence person. Right. Uh, there's a cool punk band I started listening to, Idols. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's the plug for the day. Go listen. It's a to nice Idols. album. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man, and thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. Hope you guys like that. Uh, this is the outro now that I cut Matt off and try to intro. Yeah, because he really wants to go play video games. So, I do. Uh, well, thanks for listening. I hope. I mean, if you guys got any ideas about Batman and what you think he represents, let us know. You know, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to talk more about this type of stuff. As you can see, we we are political people, and we try not to like go super political but political philosophy and idea i think is always a safe place to go with that yeah i mean talking about the abstracts is always i think safe one like if we got here and really started talking about like hardcore specific stuff we could start like getting each other's faces about it yeah like if we were just like let's have a Rand paul episode it'd be like okay (laughs) but like talking about like just the vague concepts about like well how does regulation affect market exactly that's pretty vague stuff you learn about it and like it's not going to be our opinions on it aren't going to be flat out right for every single scenario but it's how we feel about it as a you know whole it's just our education and our upbringing and how we kind of see the world and the country as a, a bigger picture other than what we're doing on yeah, and I think I think there's there's a lot of lessons to be taken from from every political value. Uh, in fact, I think this is a really interesting. Our entire discussion was a really interesting take on on how society ha- deals with the problem of of evil and and man's inherent nature. Definitely, and how you know how I think, especially today, society is tending to be more groupthink, and something like uh-huh. this is definitely bringing it back to re- personal responsibility. Yeah, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting somewhere. There's yeah. a movement happening somewhere. We just got to figure out what it is. We just got to make sure it's the right one, too. <laughs> yeah, that's too. <laughs> well, all right. So if you guys want to follow the podcast on Twitter, we're at btjmopod, facebook.com slash btjmopod, and email us at but that's just my opinion pod at gmail.com. And the song this week is off Kendrick Lamar's new album, Damn. It, I think it's one of the best, probably the best album to come out so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, hands down, probably might be end up being album of the year for me. It's so good. I, I mean, can't a lot of year listening. left. I know, but I can't stop listening to this. It's so good. And so I'm going to do the song Yeah off of this. It's one of his much more slower songs, but I think it's like a really good just kind of chill song. And it's 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 fun to just kind of to bob your head and go out to. Mm-hmm. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. Hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you next week. And remember, you can agree or disagree with us, but that's just our opinion. Dude. I got so many theories and suspicions. I'm diagnosed with real nigga conditions. Today is the day I follow my intuition. Keep the family close. Get money for bitches. I double parked the Austin in the red. My mama told me that I'ma work myself to death. My girl told me don't let these hoes get in my head. My world been ecstatic, I checked the signal that red buzzing. Radars is buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Buzzing. Radars is buzzing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fox News wanna use my name for percentage My latest news is my niece, she worth living See me on the TV and scream, that's Uncle Kendrick 
Yeah, that's the business. Somebody tell Gerardo this nigga got some ambition. I'm not a politician. I'm not about a religion. I'm a Israelite. Don't call me black no more. That word is only a color. It ain't facts no more. My cousin Carl. My cousin Carl duck words that know my words. And Deuteronomy say that we all been cursed. I know he walks the earth. But it's money to get. Bitches to hit. Yeah. Zeros to flip. Temptation is. Yeah. First on my list. I can't resist. Yeah. Everyone together now. Know that we forever buzzing. Radar is buzzing. Yeah, yeah.